Hi, everyone. It's Karen Chong, and I'm here with my co-host, Dennis Kelly. Welcome to another episode of Mastering Your World Through Frequencies, where every week we explore how frequencies shape our world and begin to release the patterns that keep us stuck so we can realize our greatest potential. Hi, everyone. This is Karen Chong, and I'm here with my co-host, Dennis Kelly. As adults, we're often told that the way to get where we want to be faster is to focus, be serious, and get on it. But is this always true? And is this the case on spirit level? Today, we'll be discussing play and adventure from spirit perspective and how to use them not just as a diversion, but as a way to help you awaken spiritually. After the discussion, we're going to wrap it up with the group frequency calibration to help to begin to clear the distortion patterns around this topic. So let's jump right in. Dennis? In your introduction, Karen, I was excited to hear the word play. Mm -hmm. And so this process can be, you know, one that you can enjoy and be playful about. Mm -hmm. I'm curious, the people that you work with, sometimes do they get too serious? This, this is extremely serious. Yeah. I would say a lot of people do at the beginning. And I want to just distinguish about um, playfulness and the experience of play and adventure. Okay. So what I would, to address your question, which was, are do people get too serious? Absolutely. Because, especially at the beginning, because they're trying to get to a certain place. They're trying to achieve a certain goal often, which is totally understandable because usually when we begin, that's what brings us into the work. Okay. So we're trying to change something in our lives and that's fantastic. And it's what brought me into the work too. So we all think we have something that we want when we start this. And oftentimes because of the way our culture is, play is very discouraged and play is something that people get nervous about because they're not really sure what to do with it. They're not really sure what to do when they're playing, what the the boundaries are, you know, they just get really nervous around it. And they get nervous about being playful because it seems like they're being silly or could look foolish or that it's too lighthearted and it takes away from the seriousness of the endeavor. Okay. So what's wonderful is that even people who start off as being very serious and very goal driven and very all that sort of stuff, as a natural consequence of removing the distortion pattern, a playfulness, a lightness sets in. Now, what I will say is that that lightness, that playfulness is not required. Okay. Meaning you can experience awakening just flat, meaning with, with not much emotional range whatsoever. And you can have an experience of playfulness, of fun, adventure, wonder, curiosity, awe. All that stuff is there and it's very accessible to you as your frequency vibration rises and as you remove the distortion patterns. So play and adventure become something that becomes more enticing to you, that you want more of, that you didn't care so much maybe about at first because it wasn't worthy of attention or it seemed too frivolous or if you used it, it was a diversion and that's all it is, right? It's just a diversion. It's not actually something that can act also help you transform and awaken. It's just something that you do to, you know, shift your experience from your work life, for example. So everything can change. What I was thinking about is that uh, I, I think maybe when we get serious, where we become what you mentioned, that goal-oriented. Mm -hmm. Okay, I wish to achieve this level or do this yeah. or I want to accomplish this. Yeah. And so I've got to hunker down 
I've got to take control. Yeah. I've got to make things happen. Get it done. And all of a sudden, it becomes a project, yeah. and you know, there's a timeline, yeah. and there's money involved, <laughs> and then you put all that on top of it, and you kind of lost the essence of what it is that you're trying to accomplish. Yeah, and most people don't realize it's the essence of what they're trying to accomplish, honestly, because everything in our culture it is very outcome driven. I mean, how else do you measure your progress if you can't have a goal that you have achieved? So. It, and interestingly, as you do more of this work, and as you start to quote unquote achieve those goals, right? So life starts to shift, magic starts to happen, opportunities open up, people come in in unexpected ways. When that starts to happen, then you start to trust that perhaps something else is happening beyond your mind, beyond your control, that will allow something potentially even better than what your goal was to come in. So that starts to open as a possibility. A lot of the control and the goals and whatever comes from a fear that you may not get there or that you will run out of time before you get there. I don't know where there is, somewhere. Yeah. But you know, that all that stuff, right? And that you said, as I said, time is against us. We're trying to get to some place in the least amount of time. And that drops away. And it's funny because for people that I work with, when they start as they start to achieve whatever it is they came in for, that becomes less of a concern. Like they reach the thing and then they're like, oh, okay, well then what's next? And I had this wonderful um, email recently um, from this young woman who's of uh, Japanese descent. And so uh, she has a lot of lineage patterns around achievement and goals and working hard. And a lot of her journey has been more into surrender and into the feminine. She wrote me and she said, you know, it's really funny. I started this work thinking that I had a certain number of goals that I wanted to achieve. And I, they were enumerated in a list of priorities. <laughs> and what's happened is I've just started to realize that maybe there's something greater that I'm moving towards. I don't know what it is, but I know that it's something greater and it's really compelling for me. And I'm enjoying that I don't know what it is. Oh. All of that is spectacular wow. because it shows how much progress she's made in the sense of her own level of surrender, which has been very difficult for her to achieve because she has all this stuff of running through her with regards to control and needing to have goals and certainty and a timeline and progress. Now, likely she would say she's still working on that and it is shifting for her. So that's really remarkable, I think. And what's lovely about her is she is actually becoming much more playful, more light, you know, and she's always very gung-ho for the adventure. So that's totally cool. Yeah. So it's almost like she's starting to enjoy herself more. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder in many cases with the people listening is that what they discover is that some of that realization comes from friends, coworkers, family. You know, like, you know, I've noticed something different about, about you. you. You're a little more lighthearted. You're a little more chilled. Yeah. You're not so aggressive. You're just, you know... What, Much more relaxed. Yeah, what's going on? Yeah, you, you know, seem to be are, happier. Are you okay? Yeah. A lot of people will say, oh, you seem to be a lot happier. Some people don't like it, actually. It's interesting. Some people get very off-put when all mm. of a sudden the person seems happier, more centered, more grounded. It's yeah. kind of interesting um, because it just reflects to them what they're not. Um, what I would also say is that 
play, when we cultivate play and adventure, the, the, the reason those two things, I put them together, is because they're such powerful practices. Yeah. If we really allow ourselves to surrender to them. So both of them are realms of the unknown, of uncertainty. So when you're adventuring, for real, there's really, you don't know what's going to happen, right? Like, yes, you can plan, right? So you pack the truck or the Jeep or the whatever it is with whatever you think you need, yes? And you're limited by the size of that vehicle. And then off you go into the wilderness. And when you get out there, all these different things than what you planned can happen and you have to adjust, adapt. Some people, that really terrifies them. And that's why they don't like the word adventure because there's all this unknown. And some people totally love it because they become really alive and present. That's the key. It's when you're in the unknown, you become very present. You have to be because you're in the unknown. And so now all of a sudden, it's a challenge for you to overcome and to be with, and then you get to explore all these. And when you're in adventure, you're going into the unknown. So you, there is implicit in that this adventure, like this what could happen, right? And play is kind of a subset of that on a, a, a sort of safer level, right? Because you can play in any number of ways, yep. right? You don't yep. have to play by going out into the wilderness, for example. And an adventure doesn't have to be like going out into the middle of the Sahara Desert for five days in your Jeep, five weeks in your Jeep. It doesn't mean that necessarily. It could be that you just go to a different town nearby that you've never been to before and you want to check it out. That also is a version of adventure, right? Everyone thinks that adventure means I have to like trek across the Antarctic. It doesn't. It simply means going out to experience something that you haven't before, right? So all levels of it. And I think uh, kind of a very simple benchmark as far as, you know, kind of where you're at is just, can I actually start to laugh at myself (laughs) for my old patterns and my old thoughts? Yeah. And I, you know, before a couple years ago, I wouldn't even have taken this trip. Oh, yeah. And now here I am and it looks like a mess and I'm having fun. Fun, yeah. And it's like, oh, I don't know what's changed, but... You know, I'm different, and yeah. I am playing. I am having more fun. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I would say the play part is really difficult for many adults because we think of it as frivolous and a waste of time. Okay? Adventure in some ways, like, makes you more rugged and, you know, builds your character and whatnot, right? Like, it could be perceived that way. Yeah. Play seems like something children do because... I mean, it seems almost like not valuable. Yeah, there's no benefit. There's no benefit from it. But play, when you're truly playing, it not only allows you to enter that field of presence, you don't, if you're truly playing, there's no outcome. There's no outcome. You're not doing anything other than playing. So that drops you out of the linear mind. It allows you to some degree enter into the world of imagination to some degree, depending on how you're playing right? It allows you to move away from control and to adapt. See, that's the thing. When you're playing, you're just, you're in the moment and you're just seeing what comes up and it opens up wonder. Because, I mean, a caterpillar when you're playing can be like really tremendously awesome. (laughs) Like, will it go over the stick? Yeah, it goes over the stick. That's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Right? So play can be really interesting. And also, When we're playing, it allows us to, like I said, exit out of our normal parameter of what we think of as ourselves because we're just playing. 
There's a lightness to it, mm. right? There's a lack of seriousness. So we can go outside of like our persona of like, we're really pulled together all the time. We're successful, we're responsible, we have it handled, all that stuff that we have to project as adults or be as adults. When we're playing, that persona can like toss out the window and then it can shift because you're not under that same construct anymore, right? You're just playing. You can be something other than your normal persona. And so what you're saying, Karen, is that this process mm-hmm. of, you know, their frequency work mm-hmm. does not have to be, you know, just this serious, just mind-boggling, yeah. intellectual, yeah. you know, journey that, you know, yeah. it, it can be filled with, joy and happiness and play and adventure. Totally, and play and adventure are really helpful tools. And they also can be a measure. So depending on where you are, so depending where you start, so not everybody has the same issue with play and adventure. Some people come in and it's very easy for them, right? They can be in flow really easily, it's awesome for them. They can just drop into play, no problem, right? Easy, they can go into adventure, happy to do it, okay? Other people when they start aren't like that at all. So just notice that. So this is not about judgment, right? So it's just notice how comfortable are you or not with play and adventure. Just notice that. And then as you move along, just notice how much more comfortable you become with the discomfort of the uncertainty of play and adventure. And how, you know, it's kind of like a measure of where you are to some degree. And you can use those two things as ways to become more present, to practice surrender, to not know what's happening and be okay with it, and actually really enjoy it. Like you're sort of the classic example of wonder, awe, and play, and who knows what's gonna happen. You have all these stories all the time of all these wonderful synchronicities that happen to you, because I feel like you're in the state of wonder and play almost all the time, and adventure, because you're so open. So I think that's really cool. I think, you know, if somebody's kind of struggling with that, you know, who's out there to help you are children and grandchildren. (laughs) You know, if you ever start to get that sense that, oh, I'm getting pretty serious or kind of, you know, it's like, oh, you know, I mean, it doesn't take long and they'll, they'll bring you right there. Yeah, So totally. And if you don't have kids or grandkids, sometimes it's interesting to me. I have this one friend who loves to play. And when I first met her, the person I was was very different, okay? So I hadn't done the frequency work, all that sort of stuff. And it was uh, earlier on in my journey. And actually, she used to just irritate the heck out of me. I'd just be like, oh my God, really? <laughs> all this judgment about her and her like... But I recognized at the same time that she has access to something I don't. She has this lightness about her that I don't. And she has this sort of magic to her that I don't. Why is that? And so it's interesting to me because as I've you know, gone along in my journey, our relationship has changed. And now we can play together. So it's, it's kind of fun, you know? Like I can enter her world and be with her in a different way. And so like I said, play and adventure can be a really good measure. So friends sometimes, especially if you don't have friends who play, if you find friends who are very playful, who might actually <laughs> uh, irritate you a little bit if you're not used to playing, they can be a good measure and help you into, as you say, like if you don't have kids or grandkids, into that place of like, okay, well, I guess we're going to go roller skating right now in the middle of the work day and <laughs> randomly, you know, do something else that I wouldn't have thought of, you know, and see what happens. Yeah. Well, 
as I mentioned, it's so exciting to know that adventure and play are key elements of this whole process. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much, Karen. Thank you. Karen, could you help me? I hear so often when I look at uh, your video or your website, GFC. Exactly what is that? A GFC is a group frequency calibration, which looks a lot like a guided meditation on a particular topic. And what I'm doing is I'm helping you to remove the distortion patterns of that particular topic. And because you're coming together as a mastermind in a group to connect to pure source even more and to clear the distortion patterns of this particular topic, what happens is a tremendous amount of momentum starts to happen because of the energetic of the entire group. And each individual is able to move faster and ascend higher than they could have on their own. Because I'm working on the frequency level, these GFCs are not like regular meditations, and many people find they go into varying degrees of altered state. So please do not drive while listening to this GFC. Welcome everyone to the GFC for the higher level impact of play and adventure. The focus of this GFC is to remove the distortions that prevent you from playing as much as you'd like, or having as much as much adventure as you'd like. And also, <clears throat> excuse me, so that you can be more in the present moment without any particular future agenda. So you can um, garner the most um, benefit from having the wonder and the positive impact of play and adventure. Okay. So becoming aware of your body. And as you become aware of your body, becoming aware of the soles of your feet. So noticing the temperature of your own soles of your feet, if they're slightly damp, they're dry, becoming aware of the texture of the fabric, if you're wearing socks or the flooring that your feet may be resting on, it's becoming aware of the soles of your feet. <clears throat> Good. And now please become aware of the space between your shoulder blades. Just noticing this space. It's not something we pay attention to very much. How is this space? Is there tension here? Is it completely relaxed? Is it cool here or warm? What is this part of your body touching? What kind of weight is it supporting, if it's supporting any? Noticing the space between your shoulder blades. Mm -hmm. And 
now noticing your breath without changing it at first, becoming aware of your breath, how it is in this moment. Notice if you have the desire to change it, or if you can just observe it for a couple of seconds, the way it is. And then when you've had a couple of seconds to observe your breath, allowing it now to deepen, to become more full, more elongated, allowing it to fill more of the space inside your body. And now, please become aware of your surroundings. Noticing the smell around you. And as you notice the smells around you, whether they're further away from you or closer to you, if you can, notice the direction from which the smell is coming. And now, blinking your eyes open, noticing the quality of the light around you. Whether it's natural light or artificial light, just noticing the quality of the light. Even if you're sitting in semi-darkness or darkness, just noticing that. It's very rare that we're in complete blackness. So there are qualities and textures, even to different degrees of absence of light. Noticing the light around you. Mm-hmm. Good. And now, please triangulate. <clears throat> so, for those of you who are new, triangulating is when you become aware of three inanimate objects in the space around you. It does not matter what they are. Noticing the distance between object A and you. So, for example, imagine that 
object A is the side table. And you notice that the side table is three foot approximately away from you. And then feel the distance between the side table and you. And as you do this with all three objects, you'll notice that your own sense of where you are in space somehow solidifies or becomes more firm or more clear or somehow you have more awareness of it. And for those of you who are a little faster at this, bringing your attention to the midline of your solar plexus. Your solar plexus is between your belly button and the base of your sternum. Your sternum is that big, thick bone in the center of your chest where your ribs meet in front of your body. So the center line between the base of your sternum and your belly button. Mm -hmm. So as you become aware of that space, we're going to be, take a nice deep breath together, inhaling, holding your breath in for a count of five, and whenever you are ready, releasing the air out of your lungs and holding out your exhaled breath for a count of five. And while we wait for the mastermind to coalesce and become coherent, please note that I'm working on you at the group and the subgroup level. And that I mostly work in silence. With the frequencies that I'm working with, if I make noise, it drops the resonance, which does not serve you. So if you don't hear me, please know that I am still working on you. And that if I do make sound, which I do occasionally, you may hear me yawn, exhale sharply, or sometimes even hum. And that's how I also remove distortion pattern, at least for now. So Yeah, there it is. So now that the mastermind has become coherent, let's go ahead and ask ourselves the following question. How can I become even more aware of my connection only to pure source? And that question again for those of you who are new is how can I become even more aware of my connection only to pure source. And as you ask yourself that question, please imagine, sense, feel, or become aware of the space at the very center of your body. And as you become aware of this space,
becoming aware of or imagining a brilliance at its very, very center that you either see or feel. And as your awareness remains fixed on this brilliance, it begins to intensify. And very naturally, it expands outwards through all of your cells. Expanding out further through your organs. Out through your bone structure. Expanding through your flesh and your muscles, out through the pores of your skin, into the space between your physical body and the outer perimeter of your spirit body, which is a sphere at arm's length all around you. Please become very aware of the brilliance within the sphere. And now please become aware of the space all around the sphere. And as you become aware of this infinite space, I'm working on you at spirit level to increase your frequency resonance irrespective of where your resonance began. The higher your resonance, the more momentum you will have on spirit level, the more you can clear your distortion patterns, the faster you can integrate, which for many of you will mean less detox. Good. Bringing your attention now to the center point of your solar plexus, which is the center point between your belly button and the base of your sternum. Mm -hmm. Good. The first distortion pattern that we're going to remove is... Um, a cultural 
uh, and for some of you, lineage and religious pattern, that play or adventure, depending on what subgroup you're in, is frivolous or is meant for children, okay, or isn't productive. So therefore not worthwhile. So we're going to release this. because this prevents you from entering the freedom of play. And adventure. And there's a pretty large subgroup of you that has self-consciousness around play. Like if it's not structured enough, you don't really know what to do with yourself. So you need like instructions, a specific activity, a structure. So to play is harder for you because it's hard for you to just be in the moment, okay, with whatever's happening and improvise. So we're going to release this at the same time as the first distortion patterns. Bringing your attention now, please, to um, the space between your belly button all the way up to the hollow of your throat, but in a straight line. So let's imagine a central line running through these two points. Yes. So this is the fear of or the resistance to or discomfort with looking like an idiot. Okay. So you're very sensitive to this. And so because you're afraid of what other people will think of you, it's harder for you to play or to appear uh, goofy. For a smaller subgroup of you, um, this also has to do with fear of or discomfort with not knowing what you're doing, okay? which is um, impacts more adventure. So you're not going to know what you're doing. That's part of the adventure. So let's release this, uh, both of these distortion patterns, so you can experience either or both play an adventure to whatever degree you would like with more ease.
happen. Yeah, bringing your attention now. Bringing your attention now to your left pectoral muscle. Oddly specific, I know. Left pectoral muscle. Good. The next distortion pattern has to do with a time distortion. Okay, so it's like a tendency to want to push into the future moment as opposed to being in the present. You're always wanting to um, know what it is that you're going to be doing or what the outcome will be or that type of thing. Okay, so it's like planned. So it's about the future as opposed to what's happening right now. So there's a lot of discomfort around the unfolding of whatever is going to happen. So we're going to release the time distortion. Okay? So you can have more ease with whatever is happening in the moment. So obviously this applies not only to play and adventure, but to life generally. Play and adventure will allow you to cultivate this more, meaning being in the moment without resistance to it or trying to come out of it, just being in it. Which is an extraordinarily important skill in the path to awakening. There's a small subgroup that's very afraid of this. Okay, it's like you really want to be distracted. You really want to know what the point of all this is. Okay, it's a lot of mind stuff. So with this group, small subgroup, pulling out this distortion. You have to ask yourself, is there really a point to anything that we do? And some things are deemed productive and some things are deemed foolish or a waste of time. But are the productive things, I mean, how are they valuable? We think they're valuable because we ascribe value to them mentally. But in the grand scheme of the infinite, how important is it? Which is not to say what you do is irrelevant. But we place an overemphasis of importance on quote-unquote serious work kind of endeavors, right? So, releasing that. Releasing this, <clears throat> excuse me, because this only cultivates um, the ego's sense of over-importance. So, releasing this. self-importance is what I meant, excuse me. 
motherhood. Bringing your attention now, please, to your xiphoid process, about three inches beneath it towards your belly button, clearing out, resetting, and integrating your pain body. Good. This brings us to the end of this session. I look forward to working with you on the next GFC. These GFCs help people release distortion patterns. It's my sincere hope that you benefit profoundly from this series, which is why I spend so much of my personal resources creating these as my gift to the world. If a GFC topic resonates with you, often more work that can be provided in this one GFC is needed to really clear or loosen deeply held distortion patterns in areas that are sticky. Because these patterns are like layers of an onion, usually there are multiple layers to individual topics. Depending on how much of a challenge this topic is for you, it may make sense for you to go deeper than what this session allows. If you feel this is the case for you, please visit sphericalluminosity.com for more targeted support.